actually it was in my neighborhood. And so I'm uh, today broadcasting from the high mountains where we received about eight inches of snow, making it uh, not possible for me to come into the studio today. So we will be, you know, hopefully doing this with the modern technology. Always like to start off with some quips and quotes. And uh, we were talking about how the uh, food Nazis tell you not to eat butter, not to eat cream and eggs and things like that. But uh, our red meat, that's a big one. And I want to point out that I never saw a sick-looking tiger and they eat nothing but red meat. My cats all look real healthy, too, Doc. There's something wrong with that one. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to quote Isaac Asmanoff, a very interesting person, who said, never let your sense of morals prevent you from doing what is right. Asmanoff, uh, incidentally, wrote a wonderful critique of the Bible. Um, He was an atheist, but studied the Bible very, very carefully. It was amazing uh, what you can learn from his rendition of it. And then I wanted to point out a truth that Aristotle came to, which is the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And that's going to be a bit of a theme today. And then Mark Twain, who said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. But if you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. And I think that's the way things are today. Yeah, no kidding. A lot of misinformation. So how are you today, Beck? I'm pretty good. I uh, managed to uh, kind of struggle my way into the studio this morning. I just, I just kind of did slow and steady and uh, just didn't make any abrupt moves. And I was just hoping that no other person on the road just uh, completely lost control and ended up running into me. So other than that, I'm fine. I think there's probably going to be a lot more snow when I'm heading back. Yeah, it's still, there's a little let up right at the minute, but... Uh predicted a lot of snow through the afternoon and the evening. Wanted to touch on the wisdom of Ben Franklin, who had a take on democracy that when people find out they can vote themselves money, they will herald the end of the republic. When people figure out they can vote themselves money, it'll be the end of the republic. And in a way, that's what the Democrat Party stands for today, doesn't it? Uh, pretty when much. You vote for a Democrat, you get money. I've come to the conclusion. Yeah, I got Jason in the studio too, uh, Doc. Doc, I've oh, come, that's good. I, I've come to the conclusion that, that the government is just one big money laundering operation. Yeah. Now, in the early days, to vote, you had to have, you know, something in the game. You had to be a taxpayer. Otherwise, you didn't vote. Now, I can't help but wonder if we shouldn't go back to that, because the way the Democrats have set it up, 52% of us pay taxes, 48% of us don't. So 52% of people are pulling the wagon, 48% of the people are on the wagon. And I think, frankly, I mean, this is going to be an unpopular idea. But if a person is on welfare, they ought not to have the right to vote. Obviously, illegal aliens should not vote. But 
How can we get back to that? Who is going to vote for that? You know, what corrupt politician is ever going to agree to that uh, particular rule? Yeah, that needs to be done at the onset. If they ever call the Constitutional Convention, they need to set the parameters of voting and don't allow people who are receiving money from the state to vote. Well, I think you should have to have skin in the game. And a lot of people that don't have skin in the game are simply just uh, um, sucking on the system. (laughs) That's what they're doing. I don't know if I can say the word I'm thinking about. (laughs) Well, you've got to be cautious with that one. Yeah, yeah. The way I describe it is that they create a culture of dependency. And it starts with the federal government, and it just seeps its way through down to the state governments. And then, of course, manifests in all sorts of dependencies that we see in our people here in New Mexico. You know, whether it's the fentanyl dependency, the gambling, casino dependency, um, you know, the sex dependency. We just see it rampant in in our culture. And and I I really believe that that starts with the culture of dependency that, that our big federal government creates. And victimhood, I might add. You have to be to be a victim to be dependent. You know, they almost go together. Exactly. So in these troubled times, remember that fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. And the purpose of this show is to educate and empower you, the listener. Because every week I try to make the complex understandable. And that's what Rush Limbaugh did. Yeah. Well, a quick word from our sponsor. We need to point out the memory revitalizer is available at many local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Duran Central Pharmacy downtown, Sam's Region Pharmacy, or that's Arnett's uh, compounding pharmacy in the north part of town, Best Buy Pharmacy on Wyoming, Manal Pharmacy, strangely, on Manal Avenue. <laughs> Evergreen Herbal Market, Rio Rancho. Moses Country Store on 4th Street. The Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest. Highland Pharmacy and Care Pharmacy in Aztec, New Mexico. And I might add Purple Sage Herb and Health down in Bosque Farms. And then Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso. Uh, Revitalizer is available in all those places. Or you can go online to www.memoryrevitalizer.com. Or you can order direct from 800-606-0192. Now, we still have room in the medical practice for a few new patients. Remember, if you call 505-878-0192 and you talk to Margaret, was 25% off the first visit. Well, where should we start, Becca? The COVID report? I think that's a good one. I think a lot of people need to know about that. Uh, I saw that particular article myself, and it's it's strange that now the truth is coming out after they've lied to people for the last three years. Yeah, this is an article in the Epoch Times. Moderna scientists warn mRNA vaccines carry toxicity risk. Well, duh. Duh. And they say certain techniques should be used to reduce the risks. And this is a new paper that the company 
uh, brought out in a journal called Nature Reviews Drug Discovery. And what they do is they admit that there are a lot of toxicities, <laughs> but they mollify it and dampen it down by saying things like the major challenge now is to efficiently de-risk the potential toxicities with mRNA to technology, de-risk it. And they point out that, yes, it can cause heart inflammation, allergic shock. They're not admitting the clots that everybody else has found. They do notice that polyethylene glycol, our PEG, which is in all of these things, uh, causes allergic reactions. Um, and the, uh, the new paper um, really didn't add any new data. All they did is start citing other prior publications, which we have brought to your attention on the show over the past two years. And the thing is, is that they say that these mRNA-based vaccines are necessary, but complicated, and that they can reduce toxicity through, quote, a multi-pronged approach. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> but what they really have is a cash cow. They have what they call an exciting pipeline, and they predict 15 launches from mRNA technology over the next five years. All they have to do is take their basic formula and add an antigen from the next virus and they've got their next vaccine and it has the same set of uh, frankly toxicities so at this point I'm not recommending any of these <clears throat> mRNA so-called vaccines and let's look at the track record track record is is if you take the vaccine it increases the likelihood of getting the disease what the heck kind of vaccine is that yeah. And it doesn't improve your toxicity. As a matter of fact, it increases the likelihood that you're going to have a uh, long COVID. <clears throat> but let's go to Dr. Robert Malone, the guy who helped invent the mRNA technology, who, uh, you know, the establishment guys at the NIH have been trying to quash his voice. And he says that the purpose of this paper is what's called a limited hangout. That is a propaganda technique, a form of misdirection that involves people offering some information to obscure or prevent the discovery of other information. And I'm going to quote Dr. Robert Malone here. My most generous interpretation of the overall intent of this article is that this article summarizes and represents information concerning risks and toxicities of the platform technology, which Moderna wishes to have disclosed in a manner which puts the firm and its activities and the underlying platform in the best possible light. And Dr. Malone, frankly, has been a source of truth through all of this stuff. He said then, a less inter in a less generous interpretation of the intent of this article is it represents a subtle form 
of propaganda strategy, commonly referred to as a limited hangout. In other words, a misdirection. You know, on that topic, uh, Doc, I I read an interesting article the other day uh, in reference to this very thing, and they were talking about how... You know, how they were telling us for the longest time that, oh, well, you know, the injection doesn't leave the site of the injection. But what they weren't telling you is that's only (laughs) maybe uh, the truth if the injection was properly given. If it was given in a way in which it enters the bloodstream, it can potentially end up in your heart uh, almost right away, which we see these people uh, dropping dead from heart attacks uh, pretty pretty rapidly, and not only that, but they mentioned how the um, the so-called vaccine, when it goes into your body and it travels in different parts of your body, it uh, you know we hear about the lipid nanoparticles and all that sort of thing, but it produces something that makes your body's attack system think that it's it's uh, an invader. And then your body, your, your, your cells and your body attack cells will attack whatever organ it is that has uh, taken on these lipid nanoparticles because they're putting out something that appears to be foreign. Yeah, and the Swedes were the ones who showed that the RNA is back translated into DNA and therefore your liver starts manufacturing viral particles. <clears throat> so you're going to have your body attack your own liver, or for that matter, your heart. <clears throat> it's all a very bad technology and needs to be rethought entirely. They have not done the animal work on this, the safety models. The whole thing is a sham, and I strongly recommend against it. How well, we- I had a patient ask me a question. Incidentally, I guess we should give out our call-in number. Sure. It's 505-444-5059. But I had a patient ask a question about how all of these drug ads are on TV. How did that come to be? And uh, there are various theories, but I was there when it happened. And what happened was that the big... Madison Avenue accounts that were the people who scheduled all the Super Bowl ads back in the 70s were the cigarette guys. And then we got rid of the cigarette guys and they figured out that only a a tobacco executive or a lawyer for the tobacco industry would say that cigarettes are healthy. And they pretty much quashed cigarettes. So And they also forbade them from advertising. The Marlboro Man was just too cute. And <laughs> yeah. the Camel's ad was too cute. Joe Camel. And they literally came out and outlawed it. It was weird. Remember, Doc, how uh, the, uh, I think it was cool, how they would offer to paint uh, Volkswagen Beetles? Oh, yeah. Remember that? The pugs. Yeah? Right. Yeah. And then run them in your swimming pool. <laughs> Because they would float. Well, then the next thing was the automobile industry became the cash cow for Madison Avenue and the television ads. But what happened was the unions basically kept getting more and more concessions to where the president of GM said he wasn't running an automobile company as much as 
a uh, you know health benefits and uh, retirement plan uh, so that they basically the debt of the automobile industry to the unions was so high they went bankrupt and they couldn't afford all these lovely ads so at that point Madison Avenue freaked and that was in the early to mid 80s and they decided well, who's got the money and the answer was the pharmaceutical industry so they went down to Rockville Maryland to talk to the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration <coughs> and they said you're running a 1 billion dollar budget this was in the 80s a 1 billion dollar budget and you've got a lot of field agents out there trying to catch drug reps saying misinformation or, you know, other ways of keeping docs from getting uh, information directly. And uh, so we have a deal for you, said the Madison Avenue guys. What we will do is we will do ads for the drug company and you bring a couple of hundred of your agents back to Rockville, Maryland. This is a huge, huge building in Rockville. And you put them in a few rooms, and we will preview them with your agents. So that was cool. The FDA guys got to be movie producers and directors. They got to say, well, that's an arthritis drug, but the person doesn't limp enough. Or the, the bathtub selling Cialis was too close to each other, or whatever the critique, and send them back and have them reshoot it. So they got to be movie moguls at the FDA, and they took one or 200 agents, and they actually look at all of these ads that are on TV and approve or disapprove and send them back. And the whole idea was to sell the drug to the public who would then put pressure on the docs and the HMOs to carry the medicine. But the other thing it did was sell drug stock. In fact, there have been drug execs that have privately admitted the main purpose of these drug ads is to sell Pfizer stock or whatever company is selling the ads. So it's going to be interesting with the Super Bowl coming up tomorrow, how many drug ads there will be. What do you think? That is an interesting thing. 40 to 50%. Really? 40 to 50% are drug ad, ads tomorrow? I'm going to check that. That's, that's what we're looking at. Oh, that's terrible. In, in, uh, Those are the guys with the meta, with the money. You know, uh, have you heard, Doc, ha that a lot of people have flocked the to these uh, cholesterol, what is it, um, um, diabetes medicines like Ozempic and stuff like that, oh, Ozempic, and using yes. them as weight loss drugs? And, and I think there is a protocol for that. And, and I think that, that down the road, I think there's going to be some it's going to be like uh, people taking all the ephedra and having heart attacks. I think we're going to see lawsuits down the road from this. Exactly. They haven't really properly explored it, but uh, it is an approved uh, indication, according to the FDA, to cause weight loss. The problem is the minute you're off the Ozempic, you gain the weight back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really a solution. Anyway, so that's how the drug uh, ads came into being. And I thought we would kind of walk through that. Well, another listener, I don't know, let's give out the phone number. It's 
505-444-5059. That's 505-444-5059. If you have thoughts or questions. Doc, we got a call. It's our favorite caller, Summer. Oh, yeah. Summer, you're on with Dr. Uh, Dr. Summers. <laughs> Dr. Hi, Dr. Summers. Dr. Marie, how are you? Hi, I'm, Dr. Summers. So, yeah, we, good morning. Um, good morning. Good I just had a question. I guess, yes. Um, I have a good friend of mine who's been taking Ozempic, and she's been responding really well to it. She seems to even be in like, a better, more even mood um, than is normal. I don't know what the medical part of that is, or if that's just my observation. Um, but I'm wondering how sustainable you think this whole model of it being a thousand dollars a month is. Yeah, I mean, well, the uh, doing cost that or what is Zempi is twelve hundred bucks a month. However, like a that. lot I don't of know. Uh, plans yeah. are now uh, selling uh, with the copay up to five hundred dollars a month, and people are how pretty. How sustainable is that, though? It has a lot of benefit, lot of effects. One of the effects is it seems to stabilize mood disorder in certain personalities. Uh, I've seen that. I don't know as if I've ever seen it reported, but I've just seen examples of it personally in my practice. The other thing was that it, uh, the company it makes it is a Danish company, uh, and they actually explored it as a treatment for Alzheimer's. <clears throat> in fact, at Albuquerque Neuroscience, we had that protocol but we found the Novartis people very difficult to deal with and finally just dropped the study. And I don't mm. know how that outcome will be. But their thought is is that Alzheimer's is diabetes of the brain. And that's kind of a right. simplistic view. I think Alzheimer's is much more complex than that. Anyway, so you would, good question. I'm like, you would know, Thank right? You <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Summer. So, Doc, we're coming up on a break. We got about oh, 60 seconds for you to wrap this segment. Okay. Uh, we had a, a, um, a question from a listener. What did I think about GMOs, genetically modified organisms? And uh, genetic modification can include putting new genes in, enhancing old genes, altering genes, or knocking out endogenous genes. Some of the genetic modifications transfer between species, same species, or across species, or even across kingdoms. And uh, the, the food Nazis are really out to get the GMOs. Uh, I mean, because they're unnatural, I guess. In fact, GMO seeds are about 90% of corn. Uh, almost 90% of corn that you buy is genetically modified. Uh, and in the food industry, you modify crops because you want to improve their growth. You want to improve their nutritional content. Hey, Doc, hold that thought and let's, let's get sure. that on the other side, okay? Yeah, we'll come back to GMOs on the other side. All right.
Have you been wanting to do a podcast but don't have a studio? We can produce your show here at Freedom Speak. We can even do commercials and PSAs. Your podcast here at Freedom Speak Studio would be complete with professional audio and video, and we'll stream it to your favorite platform. All you have to do is show up and talk. We do the rest. For details, email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers and closed trailers and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast and Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. I'd like to tell you about where I take my own car for general auto repairs. Gennaro's Auto, located at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast in Albuquerque, can take care of all your general auto repair needs with fast, friendly, honest service at the lowest price in town. Gennaro's can handle anything from tune-ups and electrical repairs to a total engine swap. E. Tim Young, Hablamos Espanol. Give Gennaro a call at 804-8750 or just stop by their shop at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast. market is flooded with products that claim memory improvement, but none offer credible evidence that their product works until now. Memory Revitalizer, the complete complex natural antioxidant, was formulated by a physician and neuroscientist. Memory Revitalizer significantly enhanced memory in two large blinded studies. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 22 years. It is safe and does not interfere with prescription drugs. Customers say it's essential. It works. Buy it from Best Buy Drugs, Manal Pharmacy, Vintage Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies are from independent health stores like Moses Country Health on 4th Street or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com and call 800-606-0192.
Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Back to segment two of Dr. Summers, the Revitalizer Hour. Doc, back to you. Hey, and we've got a caller, by the way. Yeah, let's do it. Let's bring them on in. Caller, you're on with Dr. Summers. May we help you? Uh, I want to thank you for uh, reviewing uh, why drugs are uh, on commercials, especially like anything like the Super Bowl, because... I sit there and listen to these commercials, and I go, after they, you know, when they go through all the caveats so that anything I value is either going to stop functioning or fall off, I'm saying, who in the <laughs> heck is going to want to get this? And, I mean, do, do, uh, do patients actually come to doctors and say, I got to have this? I, I just that, that just doesn't seem to make sense. But once you say, okay, we're trying to get stock buyers, it's finally, okay. Because up to now, I, I said this is the most clueless stuff. I just didn't understand. But you have, you have given me a revelation. I, I, I greatly appreciate that. Well, thank but, you. But I am curious. Have you had have you had many patients come and say I need to have this drug? Um, occasionally, or something on a commercial who pushes for a medication, <laughs> and then you reason together. Ah. I always like to use the ancient drugs first because I know them. I know their weaknesses. I know their strengths. My grandfather used to say, use the new drugs while there's still miracles. He was being sarcastic, of course, because <laughs> what you don't know is all of the side effects. Right. I mean, take, for example, Fosamax, uh, a bone medicine, has a half-life estimated to be 12 years. Which means if you take a Fosamax pill at age 50, it takes five half-lives to get out of your body totally. So that pill you took at age 50 is leaving your body at age 85. That means you're not going to be seeing adverse side effects for 20 or 30 years after the drug comes on the market. So I like to use the old drugs where I know where the side effects and I can plan on how to finesse around them. But drugs, by and large, are not cures. The industry is married to the concept of symptom relief, 
not curing uh, a disease. That's not their target. Because if they cure the disease, they've lost their uh, customer. Mm. I hope that, uh, that, you know, kind of sinks in a little bit. The pharmaceutical industry is married to knocking down, but not out symptoms, not getting rid of disease. I don't know how you yes, change sir. Thank paradigm. you very much. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. That was a, a great question. Thank you. Well, let me, while we're waiting for another caller, and our number is 505-444-5059, let me continue on with this concept of GMO, or genetically modified organisms, meaning mainly uh, food crops. They offer several advantages. Hey, Best Doc, we got another caller. Oh, okay. Please. Now, this is Dr. Summers. How may I help you? Uh, yes. Um, I am calling um, because I uh, have a stomach discomfort. It's kind of like I have something glued on there. I went to the doctor and they gave me, and I don't medicate myself, but I, I was a little desperate. <clears throat> and uh, I only took one of the medication that's on den densetron and the other one omeprazole yeah and uh did things get better or worse or well i i only took one of that and densetron and no neither, uh, i i i i only took a, a one of that, and the other one I took about a handful, and then I went in the internet and checked, and that's for chemotherapy. So I couldn't find anything that said it was for stomach discomfort. Well, nepazole uh, actually is to suppress acid in the stomach, if I've got it correct. Yeah, Pepsi, that's what it does. That's another name for it. And uh, what it does is it takes the gastric cell and about 40% of them sort of puts them out of business for 8 to 12 hours, decreasing the stomach uh, acid content. But remember, Mother Nature put an acid barrier in the stomach on purpose, uh, and it's there to break up amino acids, which are in your proteins, and break down fats that you eat, say, in, well, let's say, a nice juicy steak or something like that. Uh, so that acid barrier there is there for a reason. And the theory that most people, most docs have is it's the acid in the stomach that gets up in the esophagus and causes discomfort. So what we do is knock down the acid, which is non-physiologic. It's In fact, it's pathologic. And over time, we're finding increasingly for people who are on omeprazole or pepsid for long periods of time, we're getting all kinds of adverse things, and including cancers, but uh, other kind of long-term adverse effects by breaking up the physiology of the gut. <clears throat> Let me ask, how old are you? Uh, I'm 74. At 74, you have about a 60% chance of having a thing called achlorhydria which means not that your stomach is making too much acid, your stomach is not making enough acid. And what happens then 
When the stomach doesn't make enough acid, the lower esophageal sphincter opens up and the juices in the stomach wash back into the esophagus and that irritates the esophagus. So the problem is, is that the acid in the stomach would normally cause the lower esophageal sphincter to be closed. And uh, if you're not making acid, it's wide open and contents of the stomach go back up in the esophagus and that's not a good thing. There are a couple of ways you can shut the uh, lower esophageal sphincter. One of them is a thing that you find in bars, which is called bitters. It's so called put, what, I'm sorry? Yeah, they're called bitters. They're used to make a drink called a Manhattan. But if you okay. put bitters into a little club soda and you drink that, it'll close the lower esophageal sphincter. The other one's kind of weird. Black licorice will close the lower esophageal sphincter. <laughs> but the most natural way to do it is to put acid in the stomach. So we have what we call the burp test. And the way this works is you take baking soda, about a quarter of a teaspoon. You put in a couple ounces of water. You swallow it and you get your sundial out and see how long it takes to burp. And if you have not burped within three minutes, your problem is you're not making enough acid. And so the lower esophageal sphincter is always open, which means anything that's in the stomach, from Rice Krispies to Oreo cookies, sloshes back up in the esophagus. And so what you need to do then is to actually take acid in a capsule form called betaine, B-E-T-A-I-N-E. -E. You can buy betaine at any good, reputable health food store. That would include Sprouts or Moses down on 4th Street. Sometimes it's available in pharmacies. And the betaine is actually hydrochloric acid, sometimes mixed with an enzyme called pepsin. And you sit there and you look at what you're about to eat. And if it's a plate of jello, you don't need any betaine because that's all carbohydrates. But if it's a nice piece of salmon, that's protein and fat. So you're going to need one, maybe two capsules of betaine. So after you've had a couple of uh, forkfuls of the salmon, you take your betaine to put it in the stomach to help digestion. And that improves okay. your digestion put your GI tract back in a physiologic state and solves all kinds of problems, including your stomach discomfort. And it's kind of a technical answer, uh, but I hope you were able to follow it. Thank you for the call. Yes, thank you very much. Okay. You know, Doc, what works has worked for me, because I've had that kind of problem with the acid reflux, stuff like that, and I've found that if I take some apple cider vinegar every day, that seems to solve the problem for me. Which is, of course, a mild acid. Yeah. And then would close the lower esophageal sphincter. Yeah, and that and comes in various forms. back up in the esophagus. <clears throat> well, back to the GMOs. Uh, the FDA approves them, and there are several advantages to genetically modified corn, for example. Pest control being one of them. Uh, cotton soybeans are genetically modified. 
so that the boll weevil and other pests don't attack them. So you get a better crop. That means fewer pesticides, which should make the food Nazis happy, but doesn't. Uh, and it also means improved survival. You can modify the genetics, uh, the genes in various crops so that they can tolerate drought, for example, and uh, they can uh, tolerate blight and other things. And so you get a more consistent crop and you can feed the world. So these are advantages to genetic modification. And they also can actually improve the flavor of your corn or whatever your, your soybeans <clears throat> or make non-browning apples. Uh, crops that have been genetically modified include corn, soybean, sugar beets, alfalfa, cotton, potatoes, papaya, and uh, get this, pink pineapples. Strawberries. Apple varieties. I've never heard of pink pineapple. No. <laughs> now, the food Nazis have concerns, and their concerns are you could be allergic. And their concerns are, my gosh, you could cause cancer. And their concerns are that it could uh, make them resistant to herbicides, such as Roundup, so that you use something stronger than Roundup. But uh, quite frankly, I think their concerns are a bit overblown. But I must say that in an article that I... Oh, another one is that somehow genetically modifying crops kills cunning honeybees. I think that's baloney. So allergies, cancer, environmental issues. Uh, and I might note that if something is listed as 100% organic means there are no GMO ingredients. But in an article I ran across on the internet by Dr. Jonathan Latham, he points out where I am on this issue. And that is, is that GMO crops still run far ahead of our understanding about their risk. And a broad outline, the reasons are quite simple. As a biologist, you'd become appreciative of the complexity of biological organisms and their capacity for benefits and harms. And as a scientist, he's become more humble about the capacity of science to do more than scratch the surface and its understanding of the deep complexity and diversity of the natural world. So to paraphrase a cliche, Dr. Latham said, he appreciates more and more that scientists actually understand less and less about GMO. And I agree with that. I think you have to take the GMOs on a case-by-case -case basis. You have to keep an open mind, and you have to be constantly vigilant that it may cause a problem. Let's take as an example of that... Uh, the pharmaceutical industry thought it'd solved all of women's problems by Premarin, which was pregnant horse uh, urine. And what they did was uh, they discovered a form of estrogen that was far less than benign. It was associated with creating breast cancer. 
It was associated with increasing likelihood of stroke and heart attack. And yet, when you look at the structure, it's just a slight modification of human estrogen. And just that little modification made all the difference in the outcome. So I think we have to be vigilant. But I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bath. We need to just be more vigilant about GMOs. But I enjoy a good ear of corn in the summer. You know, Doc, and, and from from my corn, I'm all for it. From my understanding of GMOs, it's like almost everything is GMO nowadays. It's like you mentioned the corn, native corn uh, that is not GMO. You're right; it doesn't really have much flavor. And I and I've heard that the the native strawberries way back when were not even edible. Yeah, exactly. So uh, actually, I think we've seen the improvements, but we need to be vigilant for the downside. And the downside is there. Well, let's give out the call-in number, 505-444-5059. That's 505-444-5059. And we should mention again that local stores that carry memory revitalizer include Share and Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Duran Central Pharmacy, uh, Arnett uh, Compounding Pharmacy uh, north of town in Wyoming, <coughs> Best Buy Pharmacy in Wyoming, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Highland Pharmacy on Pill Hill, Care Drug and Aztec, Purple Sage and Herb Health in Bosque Farms, and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso. Or you can go to memoryrevitalizer.com, or you can call and order direct from 800-606-0192. Okay. <laughs> oh, we got a caller, so, Doc. Yeah, let's do it. All right, go ahead. Caller. Go ahead. Oh, good afternoon. How may we serve yes. you? <clears throat> Hi, yes. Could, Dr. Summer, could you please give out your office number? I can't find it. I keep dial- looking it up on the Internet, and I get a different Albuquerque neuroscience. Okay, so it's 505-878-0192. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for calling. And thank you for listening, of course. I noticed on your notes, Doc, you mentioned something about uh, root cellars. I don't think I don't think we talked about that, did we? No, we haven't. I always have more material. But in end times, it's good to know about how to do a root cellar. And a root cellar is something that comes out of the Midwest. It's where you go during a tornado. But in this case, uh, you can make a root cellar, which is an underground or partially underground storage area for vegetables, fruits, nuts, and other foods. Root cellars are for keeping food supply at a controlled temperature and a steady humidity. And they're very useful things in end times. 
You can store all kinds of things, including beets, onions, jarred preserves, salted meats, uh, salted herring, winter squash, and cabbage in your root cellar and keep them for extended period of times. And there's an easy way to make one for your backyard, even if you live in the city. You take a trash can or a steel drum, galvanized, uh, and you take some plastic sheeting that gives the drum a long lifespan and helps keep pests out. You get some rocks and cinder blocks <clears throat> because what you want to do is bury your uh, trash can uh, almost up to the lip. And you create a little raised shoulder to make sure that water runs off and doesn't get into your trash can. And then you uh, take a shovel, dig a hole, and, uh, you know, pick a spot that doesn't really get in your backyard, that doesn't get direct sunlight. Soft ground, of course, helps you dig your hole rapidly. And uh, select an area where there's not going to be pooling from a heavy rain because you don't want to submerge your root cellar. Uh, so you take the outermost circumference of your trash can, clean the weeds about a one foot width beyond, dig a hole. And then once you dig a hole, you should have six to 12 inches above the soil line to give you a shoulder. You surround the trash can entirely in your plastic sheeting and uh, you cover the uh, trash can with plastic and uh, you can then place in your trash can uh, you know, all kinds of things you would normally put into a root cellar. Uh, so for end times, this would be a way you could have your survival food conveniently stored in the backyard and uh, you can easily camouflage it to where uh, it's pretty safe. So this is kind of a little service thing here and uh, it's easy to do. Okay, well, where are we at? Do we move to another topic? Yeah, I've got a couple of things in mind, too, if you want me to bring them up. Sure. Go ahead. I read an article the other day in which um, Dunkin' Donuts is being accused of discriminating against lactose intolerant customers. Did you see that one? No, I didn't, but it's true. <clears throat> Apparently, uh, people that are lactose intolerant feel like they're being overcharged because they're being charged extra for non-dairy type creamers. Now, I know I've when I've gone shopping at the store, those things cost a lot more money than regular milk. Exactly. So, I don't know. Maybe we could. We've got. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half, maybe a little longer, Doc. Maybe you might want to say something about lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance uh, affects about ten percent of the population, and how you know is if you take a uh, milk or dairy product, you get uh, stomach discomfort, bloating, and oftentimes uh, you end up having loose stool. Uh, and that's the usual hallmark. 
You can get around it by taking lactase, which is the enzyme that breaks down milk, uh, with your uh, scoop of ice cream or whatever. Or you can just simply avoid dairy. Most people who are lactose intolerant avoid dairy. A quick solution to the problem. I am glad that's not my problem because I love milk. I drink lots of milk. I like milk, too. Yeah. I drink whole milk. D. DF. I've been drinking skim for quite some time. Oh you get used goodness. to it. You understand that when they do the skim milk, to give the flavor, they put corn syrup in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's what makes it blue. You know, that 1% stuff? Yeah. If you look at it, it's blue. That's corn syrup. So if you're watching your calories, what are you better off with? Uh, drinking skim milk or drinking something else? You're with heavy cream. That's okay. He- I'm not going to drink that. That's terrible. The form of dairy you can get is heavy cream. So maybe whole milk. And if you're playing around with whole milk or heavy cream... You're going to treat it with more respect than 1%. Yeah. 1%, you're going to splash a quarter of it down thinking you're being healthy. Yeah. In fact, if you have heavy cream, you're going to dollop that out a shot glass at a time. Well, that's, that's good to know. Okay, I guess I better switch to whole milk then. So, Doc, it's been a good show. Yeah, I've had fun. Hope you guys will stick around for Becca Marie's Freedom Speak coming up over the next two hours. That's hosted by me, where we talk about a whole lot of political topics. And, uh, Doc, I guess we'll be back with you next week. Same bat time, same same bat channel. And we'll be answering your questions. All right. 